Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Katie Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. As we start just talking about prayer, uh, we, we both came from a place where we taught at a, at a college, and, and Katie did a lot of just uh, teaching on prayer, and I think that it will help us begin to understand who God is, how to pray, and just help us walk through a little bit of that. So with no further ado, y'all give it up for my wife, Katie Sexton. <laughs> All right. Well, doesn't it look good up here? I know it looks a little feminine, guys. We don't have gold, like, garlands hanging usually. (laughs) This is obviously from our florist conference, and we decided just to hang it just one more day, uh, just so we could enjoy it because it looks so good, and our team just did an amazing job uh, yesterday. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to brag on it because I know it's not because of me, but I have been to a lot of conferences, (laughs) and when I say that, I mean it. Uh, We traveled full-time for three years, and I've been in church since the day I was born, really. And so I believe that what happened here yesterday was quality. And it could have been put up against any other conference that had more money to produce it or more people to serve it because of the amazing team that we have here at the house. We have the best team in the world. Yes. So I could not have done it without y'all. Obviously, um, it was in my heart to do it, but one person cannot do it. I mean, it is just so much to plan and so much work and so much organization. And thankfully, God has sent us so many people who are gifted and anointed to do that. And they were able to come in and just give of themselves. You know, one of the things that I loved seeing yesterday and what I thought, I was like, I was looking around the room to everybody who was serving. And I thought, look at all these people doing what they were born to do. You know, and for me, that is exactly what the service to the Lord has been to me. When I serve the Lord, I, I believe I'm doing what I was born to do. And so that's why I love the fact that our church has a dream team and we're not a one-man show. You know, so I just want to encourage you and thank you for being a part. And I can't wait to see more people jump on the team because I believe that your life really will be blessed as you serve. Okay, so, you know, obviously he talked about the fact that I taught at Bible college, and he also taught at Bible college. But, you know, today I want to just kind of, uh, I don't really want to teach and I don't want to preach. I just want to share some things that God has shown me and, and has helped me throughout, you know, my life as a Christian and in my relationship with the Lord. And I believe that it will bless you just because I am prayed a lot about that. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, one of the things that I want to open up with is the fact that, you know, we have a lot of things in common. You know, as humankind, we have some things in common. Have you ever heard the phrase that says, you know, opinions are like belly buttons, everybody has one? Okay, so we all have belly buttons, we all have opinions, we've heard that, but you know, there's a few other things that we have in common. I think everybody, I mean, I don't think, I know everybody came from a mom and a dad, We all had to have that start, whether they were involved in our life or not. That had to be the the story. Everyone has a name. Nobody's calling you it. Okay, everyone has a purpose. We believe that as Christians. And you know what? To get to our point today, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that everyone has a God. 
Everyone does. Even the ones who do not believe in God have a God. If you walked in the doors wondering or questioning your faith or questioning whether God was real or not, I believe today is your day to get a glimpse of the God that I serve, and I believe that you will see that you have probably seen him and known him for a very long time in your life. You just didn't know how to recognize him. And so I am praying that this is something that will bring you great freedom and depth. You know, in Exodus 22 through 3, it says that, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And, you know, this may be familiar to many of you because this is the first commandment in the Ten Commandments. And so this is something that God set the people up with. And guess what? One of the things about the Ten Commandments is that every single one that he set is something we all have in common. And you may think, you know what, but I don't, I don't do that, and I don't do that when you look at the Ten Commandments. But the thing is, is all of those things that are listed are in our nature. And God knew that he wanted to help us be in relationship with him and help our hearts stay in a position to receive him and to be in relationship with him. So he gave us these Ten Commandments because he knew that all of these things were in our heart. Okay, so one of the things, the first things he talks about is the fact that we all have a God, but that he is helping us pick the right one and saying, but don't worship any of them except me. And you know what, that, you may think, well, that's kind of odd for him to pick himself. Doesn't that sound uh, selfish? But see, God is not selfish. That's not his nature. God helped us pick the right item. I don't know if we have any shoppers in the room. You have any shoppers? (laughs) You know, yesterday we had a coral t-shirt for the conference. Anybody buy a a conference t-shirt yesterday? They're super cute. If you want one, we can probably hook you up later. And they're $15. (laughs) And so, you know, the thing is, is the fact that I went to, I shopped for an overlay for that shirt. And um, the thing is, is I went to four different stores (laughs) to find that overlay. And I remember going into that last store being like, are you kidding me, Katie? You do not have time for this. I had to be at setup that night. I was like, seriously? And um, I finally found the right thing that had the right color for the right price which is a huge win in the combination of shopping world. Okay, so I, um, I'm always looking for a bargain. I'm always looking for the perfect thing. Even if something's like, oh, that would do, I'm probably not going to get it. I have to love it, and I have, it has to be perfect. And so that makes my husband, like, go crazy. Because he is not a, sh- a shopper, he is a hunter. So that means he goes in there, and he gets what he needs, and he leaves. Um, and so we can't do that very often. Uh, but anyways, so here it is, is. It's like God was able to shop around for us. He knew all the options. He knew all the best prices. He compared all the, the best options. And he said, listen, I know all the other gods that you could seek for comfort and peace and joy and love and everything that you need. But here's the deal. I'm the best bargain and I'm the perfect fit. And I'm the only one that can provide that need for you. So pick me and save yourself the trouble. You know, and it's easy to think, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why I became a Christian. But you know what? God was talking to the Israelites, his chosen people, his children. He wasn't talking to people whom did not belong to him. Okay, and so when when he tells us this, we have to know that we have a tendency to pick another God besides him. 
Even when we've even made the decision to make him the Lord of our life, many times we will pick a substitute over the best thing, and what will happen is we will be temporally satisfied, but left totally lacking. And you know, my heart for May We Pray is that we step into a deeper relationship with him, and that we are able to grow in our practice of prayer because I believe that it is a key to help us overcome and to help see, we talked about this yesterday at the conference, see heaven on earth. That's what prayer does. You know, number one, we're going to talk about who are we praying to? So who is this God that is the best deal? Who is this God that is the best option? And I know that some of you may be familiar with some of these things that I'm about to talk about, but many of you may, this may be the first time you've heard about it, but I want to kind of give us a little bit of a foundation. Who are we praying to when we ask of him in prayer? You know, before we go there, uh, I know in the olden days they determined your last name by what you did for a living. Okay, so here, um, it, Stephen and I's last name is Sexton, and so that means the church groundskeeper. And so that's what whoever got that name at first did for a living. Okay, and so then my maiden name is Gamble. So you can imagine what they did for a living. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> it wasn't always reputable, but that was what you were labeled. Or maybe your father did that for a living. Okay, so, you know, one of the ways that we can kind of relate with this is the fact that I'm a mom. You know, if I, I'm a mom. I'm called mom. There's nothing that can change it. Once I became a mom, I'm always a mom. I'm a mom till today, till forever, till I die. And nothing is going to change the fact that I'm a mom. And I think that that is exactly what God wants us to understand. That when we call him God and we recognize who he is, there's absolutely nothing that's going to change his identity, his, um, his place, his role, and what he does. Because this is what he does for a living. He is God. This is who he is. So real quick, I want to go through a few names of God so we can kind of have a reference before we go on. But the Bible describes God in many names. You know, his name represents who he is, what he's doing. And the first one that I want to talk about is Jehovah. Jehovah means that he walks with us personally. He is a God who walks with us personally. So this is a name that we refer to him even in the Old Testament. So that means even before Jesus came and made a way for us to have a relationship with him, he wanted to walk with us personally. You know, in the garden, of um, Adam and Eve walked with God. Because that was always his intention. And so when Jesus had to come to redeem man, he had spent years working out this redemption plan because that is his heart, that he would walk with us personally. El Shaddai says, uh, means the God whom is almighty. It means he'll work contrary against nature to produce his plan and purpose in your life. And I think that that's a good God to have on your side. Jehovah Jireh, provider of every and any need. Say every. every. Okay, so what does that mean? Every. So that means he meets every need. He is not a God that says, worship me and I do nothing for you. Although he could because he's that, um, that's how awesome he is. He created us. But he chose to create us and meet every need because he is a father. The Bible talks about that he is a father and a good father. 
Jehovah M. Kadesh, he is our sanctifier. Have you ever felt like you could not get clean enough or change enough? He is our sanctifier. He is the one who cleanses us. Jehovah Nisi, he is our banner, which means he goes on every side and before us and in back of us, and he carries a banner into the enemy's territory saying, they came from a victory, not a defeat. And I'm coming in to produce the next victory for, them, for their lives. Jehovah Rophe, he's our healer. Jehovah Shalom, Prince of Peace. Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. Jehovah Rohi, he is our shepherd. Jehovah Shammah, he is present. He'll never leave us or forsake us. El Elyon, the most mighty of all gods. There's none higher with, or with more authority. He is bigger than our enemy Satan. And he has authority over him and he has defeated him. Jehovah Sabbath, he will fight for you. He will wage war and win on your behalf. And that's what we just sang about in that song, You're, that he surrounds us. He fights for us. He has an army of angels that when we pray, he can release on our behalf. Because there is a spiritual war going on for our souls. There is a spiritual war going on against what God has called us to do, to keep us from doing that. And so when we come to him in prayer, this is nothing super spiritual. This is just what the Bible says. He sends his army of angels out to fight a war that we can't see with our human eye. It's a supernatural war. And the thing is, is that if you don't understand that there is an unknown, then we will miss being able to overcome that unknown. And so here we have Jehovah Maka. He chastens and corrects us. You know, Proverbs says that he loves those who he corrects and chastens. You know, our culture believes that correction is rejection. But see, in the Bible, it very clearly talks about the fact that we have a good father who corrects us because he loves us, not because he's against us, not because he's rejecting us. He wants to make sure that he knows that we want to stay on the right path. But sometimes we don't know how to do that, and we step away, and he's so faithful. The shepherd in him takes his rod and his staff and just kind of brings us back to the right path. And so that is a good part of him. Jehovah Mola, he is our rewarder. You know, I don't know if you feel like you're tirelessly working as a mom in your home, as a stay-at-home mom, and nobody sees it, or you're tirelessly working at your job, and you're doing more than is expected, and there should be five people doing your job. But that he is a great rewarder. If you feel like someone has stolen something from you, maybe an ex-husband or, or like a past relationship has just taken a piece of your life, I just want you to know that God sees that and he is a rewarder of those who are faithful to him and he is not going to leave you lacking. That thing that you felt like was taken from you is nothing compared to what he has for you to be given to you. You know, the next point is that, uh, what, what are we praying for? Let's just establish, who are we praying to? We're praying to the best God that there is. And knowing that will change your whole prayer life. It'll change your whole Christian life if we know that, okay, we're supposed to have faith. But guess what? We have faith in someone who does this for a living. This is not someone who's trying it out for a season. He is God, and he's going to be God from today till forever, and we can trust him and have faith in him. And when we pray, we pray with faith, knowing who he is. Okay, so what are we praying for? This may be really simple, but the Bible actually tells us that we pray for every need. So that means we pray for everything. But, you know, oftentimes what we do is uh, just 
we tend to pray for those things that are surface, that are tangible, that we can feel. And that is not bad because God will answer those prayers. But the thing is, is the fact that oftentimes we'll pray, but that tangible thing that we're asking for can even become an idol. And so we're praying and we're praying and we're praying and we're wondering why it's not been given to us. But God wants to make sure that inner things that he has provided through his sacrifice on the cross, like love, wisdom, joy, strength, capability, miracles, peace, justice, courage, stability, mercy, those things that are inner works, that we are able to receive those so that we can enjoy the tangible things. Because if he gives us the tangible things before we receive the things that are the inner things, there's no way that we can enjoy them. They're not going to meet the real need. They're going to meet a surface need, but they're not going to meet the real need. Because uh, bottom line is, is I learned this on a, a real uh, scale just recently. We've been searching for a house really for the last three years because of the fact that when we moved here, we were searching for a house. And then when we got here, we were searching for a house. And now we've been in the position that we're ready to buy a house and we haven't been able to find a house. And so it's just been overwhelming because of the fact that I'm going to be honest, I made it an idol. I made it a thing. I I cared about it so much. And I remember Stephen being like, Quit it, let it go, you know? And I was like, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, I can't let it go. <laughs> like, I'm trying. Like, I'm going to him in prayer and being like, God, I want to let this go. But it was really difficult for me. But finally, after a lot of pushing through, I just surrendered it. It was just constantly just like, if you do not allow us to buy a house, I will still be in peace and enjoy, and I will still walk in what you have for me, even though, and so even though it sounds like a very temporal thing, it was very real, and I'm sure that you relate, um, you know, but God is just, once we, once we surrendered it, and once I gave it to him, um, I just, we just saw God miraculously move in our, in our lives, and um, somebody who does not go to this church, whom um, was praying for us, and believed God told them to give us a large sum of money. Um, and just recently, after I had surrendered it, we had saved a lot of money for our down payment, but they heard and believed that God asked them to give, me, give us a certain amount of money. And it was about the same amount of money that we needed to finish like a down payment that we would need for a house that would be big enough for us. And so... Um, I just remember really being it every single day, being like, I don't know what you're doing, God. I don't know what you're doing, God. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing, God? <laughs> Why are we in this situation? And so um, that came through. The money came through. We still didn't know what was going to happen because we had offered on two house, uh, two different times at a house, and they didn't. Uh, they turned us down. And so um, we just kept on praying, and we were in between the seasons. And the other day, Stephen was just like, you know what? I think we should put one more offer on that house. And he said, I feel comfortable with this amount, and I I think we should try that one more time before we go forward. And so I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, I can see that that's a good idea, but I was kind of like, they've already said no twice. They don't want us to buy their house. (laughs) And so, um, so we put the next offer on, and Friday, they accepted it. And so, (laughs) yes, it's awesome. And, you know, I don't know if that's going to be finalized because obviously we have to have an inspector and so forth. And so I'm not saying that we have the house. I'm just saying that God moved on our behalf supernaturally, you know, and I believe God is still a supernatural God. And I still believe he wants to meet our needs. 
I don't believe that the point was that God wants you to make you rich, wealthy, and wise, or whatever. I'm not talking about that, but I do believe he's a good father who wants to meet our needs. And he sees our needs, and he doesn't look at them as unimportant. He's working on our behalf to meet those needs. Okay, so one of the things um, I want to point out is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Stephen always talks about the fact that in 2018 we, we live in a very anxious society. And so one of the scriptures that I really feel like is important to bring out is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And you know, this is something that I feel like many of us probably have to experience on a daily basis. When something is concerning us, our emotions lead us to anxiety. And the enemy loves that our emotions do that because he will sabotage us and he will exacerbate the whole situation and make us more anxious and then it leads us into more mental anguish. And I love the fact that God knew the enemy's plan as well. So he said, here, that's a fire that I'm going to give you water to put out. And that water that you need is through prayer. And what that means is every single time you're worried or anxious or fearful or every time you bring it to me in prayer, you don't let that get bigger and let the devil come in and, and make it bigger. You squelch that, you put that fire out, and you take authority over the enemy's plans in your life. You know, we often want to rely on ourselves to fix it. We get anxious and we think, I'm going to fix it. Or we get anxious and we blame someone else for making us anxious or doing something to make us anxious. And the thing is, is the fact that God's saying, stop. Like that other person is not the problem. You're not going to be able to fix it. But this water, every time, will squelch the fire of anxiety. You know, there's one more scripture that I want to talk about that I love. Jeremiah 2.13. And it says, For my people have committed two evils. And before you turn off, because I just put the first sentence of the scripture up there, um, I know evils turns us off because we're like, I haven't committed an evil. <laughs> but I want to just kind of help you understand what an evil is. An evil is anything that separates us from God. He's not mean like you're evil. He's saying, hey, don't do that. That would separate you from me, and I don't want you to be separated from me. And so these are the two evils I want to talk about. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and honed themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Okay, this is, cisterns is like a dish, okay? It's a broken dish, and they, they can't hold water, and they're leaking, and it doesn't work, but the fountain of living water works, and the water never runs out. And he's saying, I never run out. Come to me instead of trying to do it yourself and make it happen because it's broken and it's not going to work. And, you know, one thing today that I learned that's not going to work again, do you like doing things that work? Yes. Does it frustrate you when you do something that does not work? I feel like when I try to do a Pinterest project and they make it sound so easy and I go to do it and it doesn't work and it doesn't look like an artist made it, but it looked like a five-year-old made it, I get mad because it didn't work. Okay, one thing that I learned today that didn't work was the fact that next time I speak, I'm not going to wear four-inch heels because that is a really, <laughs> that is a really long time to stand in four-inch heels. Maybe wedges, but not heels. Okay, so... Here's the deal. We want to do what works, and God is saying, don't waste your time on what doesn't work. Don't make the broken cistern. 
Go ahead and come to me, the, the fountain of living water. And that's what we do when we come to him in prayer. I don't have much time left, but I do want to quickly go through um, a scripture that you're probably familiar with. It's Psalms 23. And I want to quickly just kind of go through it and share with you a little bit of things that stand out to me because I feel like it's such an encouragement to our relationship with him. So when we enter into our relationship with him, I believe that this is the picture he wants us to see. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, and he refreshes my soul. Let's stop right there just for a second. And I don't know um, if you know your personality type or what kind of you know, introvert or extrovert that you are, but... Stephen is an extrovert, and he can go from party to party to thing to thing and still be full of energy. <laughs> and that is awesome, and I love that about him. But I am an introvert, and so that means it takes me a long time to be able to, like, do another thing. Like, I'll do something, I do it all out and well, and then I have to kind of take some time and then do another thing. <laughs> so I'm not really good at, I mean, I've learned to be good at going from thing to thing, but I know I need moments. Because that's just who I am. Uh, but one of the things that I've learned that replenishes me in a moment of depletion is just creeks and waters and lakes and like just water and like scenery just outside and fresh air. And so the other, you know, just life group a little while ago, we had 38 and over life group. And I was so excited because um, we were doing it by the creek at Blowing Springs Park. And so, you know, usually those things would deplete me, not in a negative way, because I love people, I love the ministry, so please don't take it personally. Um, but, you know, usually I would have to be like, okay, I had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then uh, just kind of rest and re recoup. Uh, but, you know, after I left, I, I was, did not feel the same depletion, but it was right by the creek. And there was something about that water that kind of calmed me and, like, just replenished me at the same time. And so one of the things I love about this scripture, it says, He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. And so the thing I want to point out is the fact that the Holy Spirit in Genesis was referred to and said that the Spirit covers, and over, covers the waters, hovers over the waters. And so I believe that there is a correlation between when the Bible talks about water and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is also called the Comforter. And so even though we're not called to be comfortable, I believe that God still sends the Holy Spirit to comfort us. Yeah, okay, so even when we don't feel comfortable, I believe that His Holy Spirit is faithful to bring us comfort and be that water that quiets and refreshes our soul. So in prayer, I believe we find that. And the next verse says, He guides me along the right paths for His namesake, even though I walk through the darkest valley. And I know that many of you have walked through dark valleys. You may have been in a dark valley right now. I've walked through dark valleys, some of ours darker, darker than others. And what I want to encourage us in is the fact that Jesus' darkest moment was his most beautiful gift to the world. And you know, this scripture specifically says, for his name's sake. And I think it's interesting because I think Jesus must have been thinking, this is for my father. And this is for my great love for my people. And so when we're going through the darkest valley, I believe if we do it in the heart that this is for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
You may be in a dark valley right now and you love the Lord. And I just want you to know that he sees that you love him and his great love for you and your great love for him is going to get you through this. Amen. I, I want to go back to uh, number five. I want to really quickly get through uh, verse five because this is really important. You prepare a table before me. God's favor attends us even when we don't think someone likes us. Have you ever been in a situation where you meet somebody and you leave and you think, they did not like me? <laughs> I talked too much, or I was awkward, or I did something weird, and I may have overstepped my bounds, or like they didn't get that joke. Um, and so I, I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling. But I believe that what this is saying is that he gives us favor no matter what, and no matter what people's opinions are of us. His favor is on us. But even deeper than that, I want to go into a scripture in Judges 1-7. This is a really weird story, so bear with me. But it says, Then Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table. I bet you didn't know that was in the Bible. <laughs> but what I want to point out is the fact that Matthew says, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. And I believe that sword that he is talking about is the very sword that cuts all of the toes and the, and the thumbs of our enemy that has tormented us, some for the, our whole lives. He cuts them to pieces. And he says, you watch me feast on the table that God prepared for me. So when that spirit of fear and that spirit of hurt and that spirit of bitterness or depression or pride or greed comes up and rears his ugly head in your life, you can know that Jesus came with a sword so that that would be cut to pieces and incapacitated in your life so that you could sit at the table that God has prepared for you. That is Everything on that table is good for you and is what you need. You anoint my head with oil, the oil of gladness. In Ecclesiastes it says, Then God and then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of the life God has given them. God has given you the life that you have, the husband you have, the children you have. God has given you the job that you have. And in Ecclesiastes it's saying that you can enjoy it. In the toil, he wants us to enjoy it because he has anointed our head with the oil of gladness. So no, our goal is not happiness. Our goal is not comfortability. But in the midst of our surrender and our relationship with him, we can enjoy the days that God has given us, the life that he's given us. So our last point is when do we pray? When do we pray? I know I didn't finish Psalms 23. I'll have to do it another time. When do we pray? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, you may be like many. You may have been in your situation and thought, I want to do the will of God. I, don't, I just want to do the will of God. That may have been your heart. That may have been your prayer. And I want to help you understand that the will of God is not ambiguous. That today you can start walking in the will of God by praying unceasingly and thanking Him and rejoicing. And you will be in the will of God in relationship with Him. You know, John 15, 5 says, He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. 
but without me, you can do nothing. And you may be here and think, you know what, that's what I feel like. I've been doing nothing. I can't, it's just not producing fruit in my life. And I want to invite you, either for the first time or back again, into prayer. I believe it is the way to be able to have a relationship with the God Almighty that is is the best source. You know, there's many sources and many outlets, and we can look on social media for comfort, or chocolate, or alcohol, or drugs, or relationships. There's many sources that can provide superficial results. And we can put our cords all in these superficial sources, but I believe God is calling us today to take all of those out and put them in the one source that will truly give us exactly what we need. You know, we're in May We Pray right now, and I know some of you may think, you know what, I've never been to a prayer meeting, and I don't really know about all that. But I want to invite you to step out, and I believe that God will meet you right where you are. Wednesday at 6.30, we're going to meet, and we're going to go through May We Pray, and we do it really simply. You don't have to be a super prayer to come. We're not going to embarrass you. It's just an environment to meet with the Lord. And so, obviously, please, 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 if anything, I hope you come and experience it for yourself. But, you know, as we end, I want the worship team to sing a song. And there's something that's on my heart because I do believe there's somebody in the room that may be experiencing something different than they've ever experienced before. And I hope and I pray and I believe that it's the Holy Spirit. And the word says that the Holy Spirit draws all men unto him. It also says with kindness he leads us to salvation. And as I was talking, you may be saying, you know what? I can see I've probably served a lot of gods, relied on a lot of gods, trusted in a lot of gods, other than this God you're talking about. And I believe today can be the day that you make the one true God, Jesus, your God. And so we're going to sing this bit of uh, song, and then in just a minute I'm going to invite you to raise your hand to do that. But for others that have already received Jesus, I believe today is a time to recognize some of the gods that have crept in that you have been relying on that is not the one true God, that is stealing joy and peace instead of giving joy and peace. And so I want to come to him and say, okay, God, I surrender and I give that up to you. And I look to you from this point on to provide that. Let me pray as we come into this next song. Lord, I just thank you for every person here. And I thank you right now for what you're doing in their hearts. And I thank you for your promises. And specifically for the promise that we can have a relationship with you. I ask right now that every heart in this room will be turned towards you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.